All right, Ben. Ben Aiken. Yes, sir. You're the 55th episode of this vein of the the show, the podcast. I do a couple of different shows. Wow, so. 55. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of Star Wars uh, discussions. Nice. Are, are you a fan of the new? As, especially after the new one came out. Yeah, yeah. Did you go see it? No, I haven't gone yet, but I, I've seen pretty much all of them, you know, religiously. Yeah. it's Man, it's good. I... <laughs> I think I was just upset that it was like quote unquote ending, even though they're going to keep doing tons of movies. I, and I had a couple of critical points, but overall, like I went and saw it a second time. I mean, how much, how much, hey, do you, how much do you hate a movie that you go see two times, you know? <laughs> right. So. I, I mean, th- I think part of it is, you know, we're just so used to the originals that uh, anything new will, will feel a little abrasive, you know, to it, us. Yes. And the, man, when I saw it, I just put, I put everything in like that second viewing allowed me to get context on I'm like, you know, I got prequels. Like, I actually went back and watched all of them. Yeah. In between my first scene of of Rise and and going back, but man, it's been a nice little Christmas break to watch movies and read books. And absolutely, yeah. And it's it's good after that initial first impression to go back and kind of study it a little bit better. It is. I was glad that I did it because I actually liked it more. So that's you know, good. Uh, you know, uh, Thurman and Julie and Josh yeah. Wilson are coming on to do a podcast oh, nice. on Tuesday, and that's what we're going to talk. It's the new movie. Oh man, yeah, I miss those guys. They're, they're pretty cool. That's the cool thing about the podcast. Like I was talking to Stephen Caden about coming on. Nice, yeah. We were messing, and like it's just such a good, great excuse to sit down with people and see what people been up to, and I learned tons of interesting stuff and. It's great. Absolutely. And and all of them musical, you know, they've, they've all brought something to the, the music scene in some way. And they, ah, yeah, Stephen Caden, he can shred on that guitar. I know. <laughs> he, yeah. I saw him post uh, about his dad giving him his old Gibson acoustic. Nice. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it looked in such good condition too. I played with a guy at work the other day and he had an old Gibson acoustic and it was mm-hmm. like wavy. Like like the wood was kind of like you know splintering or something. It was wild. Yeah, I remember Steven. He's got this big jagged black electric guitar. I don't even know what it is, but it's like the spider looking. web. Yeah, it's like that's BC it. Rich man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Steven just lived over uh, across the way, and we like one, especially like on into high school and a little after we would get together and play music a lot. Man, I actually hit him up. I was like, dude, we should play music or just podcast, and then we started chatting. And hopefully, I get him on the show here pretty soon. But he's yeah, super talented. Dude. He's a great guy. Yeah, and and definitely you know humble and except you know when he's playing, and you can tell where his talent really is. I remember we were playing like Disturbs down with the sickness one mm-hmm. time and like his dad had just built him this awesome and he and his dad both built it but the speaker cab and i'm like dude just how you just build the speaker cab it was like <laughs> pro level like they laminated the they did all this stuff that blew my mind wow yeah and <clears throat> it was uh he would play through it and it sounded great yeah. but he was doing pinch harmonics on that song and i was just like <laughs> like that meme of like the what, dude, what are you doing? Right, <laughs> right. Funny. We're not worthy, you know. And yeah. he, he's always been very technically savvy. He's always putting stuff together, you know, making stuff. And that, that's well, then he played bass from uh, for uh, Dark from Day One, which I've had two of the yeah. the well, Natel. Uh, he still plays in that in that group. But uh, Nathan George, who was mm-hmm. the front man when Steven played with them, has been on the show as well. So wow. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, man. Um, so what have you been up to? 
Oh, I, I've been doing uh, activities uh, at the nursing home. Yeah, uh, so we had Robin on recently, and yeah. we were talking. I think we <laughs> talked about you briefly on the show. Yeah, uh, because I was just talking to her about just like the overall like her her story, and then also like what you guys do there and what that's like. Oh yeah. yeah. What what do you, what is uh what, what is your role there? Like, what all um, are you doing? I am technically the observation unit activity director. Uh, so I work in the observation unit, which is a dementia ward. Basically, it's its own kind of separate part of the building. And um, it's for people with severe dementia, you know, people who are having trouble remembering things and going through that kind of part of uh, n- not necessarily always Alzheimer's, but definitely you know, they have dementia in common. And so it's it's kind of a confusing, uh, hard thing to, to navigate. And I... I've come to learn, you know, a whole lot about dementia and the people who suffer from it. And, uh, it's become part of my world and I have been exploring it and really loving it, really loving the people I work with and, uh, trying to help them get through this kind of difficult disease. What, okay. So is there a difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's is a cause of dementia. Uh, dementia can be, uh, obtain many different ways. Uh, some people get it from head injuries. Some people get it from drug use or alcohol use, and other people get it from Alzheimer's, which is uh, its own yeah. kind of disease you know, of the brain, uh, where basically everything kind of uh, deteriorates um, little by little, and dementia is just kind of that side effect of it. Yeah. Okay. So. What is the youngest person you've seen come in with with those types of issues? Uh, or have you read some stories that were kind of surprising to you? Well, I mean, we have people who are in their 50s, 60s, you know, which is pretty pretty young. Um, but, I mean, as far as dementia goes, you see people who are like football players who have uh, gotten, you know, brain damage. And they, too, have dementia. And it really doesn't have a an age limit. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what I was thinking as soon as you said, like, due to it could be <clears throat> traumatic brain injury related mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Yeah, it's basically a long-term delirium, uh, delirium being kind of that confused uh, after effects of certain things like drugs and alcohol and like um, just getting a head injury or something. Delirium is that confusion, but it's dementia is like delirium except uh, permanent, it's chronic. Yeah. What What do you see, like you, you, drug and alcohol usage, traumatic brain injury? What are some other uh, causes? Is it is it genetic? Is it um, could it be related to diet? It could possibly. I I've heard of just little things like aspartame in diet coke causing dementia. You know, it's it's a very broad uh, ailment. And but one of the the main things that causes it is Alzheimer's, uh, which a lot of our residents have, and that comes with age, and you know it's kind of that, uh, oh, you know, forgetting things, forgetting people, and basically your your mind uh, going backwards in in time and memory, and uh, you not being able to relive certain memories, you know, and. The newer the memories, the sooner you forget them. So people that you've known your whole life, um, like your parents, you remember. But people like your children, people like your spouse, 
you forget them almost, you know, immediately. You forget them first. That's crazy. Yeah. And tragic. Um, What do you see, like, people... um, kind of kind of working with like when they do you see like versions of short-term and long-term memory loss like uh, or is it just kind of a trade-off that all ends up going down the same path of you don't remember anything i mean eventually it all kind of comes to a head but um occasionally you'll have people who are in different parts of their lives um sometimes within minutes of each other you know thinking that oh one moment they're 18 again and and another time they're married or they're divorced or they're just they just live uh different parts of their life at different times and so basically what you have to do is enter their reality their personal reality and kind of work with it like um if they're looking for their parents you say oh we we haven't seen them in a while but we'll let you know that they're you know that they're here and uh just kind of you have to pretend you have to use your imagination sometimes because every single person in there is in their own reality and you have to kind of step out of your reality and into theirs in order to help them through yeah you know like robin mentioned some things when she was on about things that you have discovered or things that you're a part of that you do that you see not necessarily reversing any of this, but maybe curbing some of the symptoms and side effects. Like what are, what are some things that you've seen that it could be, uh, that are quote unquote, maybe treatments or mm-hmm. along those lines? Well, I mean, it's a, <clears throat> it's incurable. It is a chronic, uh, ailment, but I, I, and I went to a dementia training once and they gave me this metaphor. They said that, um, dementia is kind of like, in your brain, all the lights are off, but you have a flashlight and you can shine it wherever you want to. And uh, sometimes, you know, you see things in the corner, but then when you move over to another corner, you you lose track of what you just saw. And that's kind of what dementia is. And there are certain things that I've found that, that turn all the lights on in the brain and uh, specifically things that they associate with their memories, things that bring back good memories like uh, aromatherapy, like baking a cookie and smelling that and it brings you right back to, you know, your grandmother's cooking or most especially music. And music is something that uh, stays with you your whole life. You learn little songs when you're a kid and those are the ones that they remember the most. And... I know Robin kind of spoke about it uh, on the other podcast, but there are literally people who are on their deathbed who can't speak. Uh, but if you start singing "You Are My Sunshine," they'll sing it along with you because it's so uh, it's it's so ingrained that it just comes up to the surface. It is so much a part of these people that it's you know, I don't know it transcends everything that that is that's what to the kind of why i was asking you earlier about short-term long-term is that what is it about that is it this those foundational things that we first learn that we maybe form or some of our first bonds with language what what is it that makes someone retain like a lullaby or or a hymn for that long 
going back to, I mean, it works backwards. So the things that you've known the least amount disappear first, but the things that you've known forever, like lullabies, like nursery rhymes, little poems that you've picked up here and there, you know, when you were a kid and especially church, when you go to church and you sing, Jesus loves me and you know, all the words, you know, people, uh, people retain that their whole life. And also a uh, prayer, very similar to music. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a poem. It's kind of, it has a rhythm and they say that prayer, like the Lord's prayer, you, you say that with them and suddenly something kicks in and they start saying it too. And like, if I were to say to somebody, uh, here, can you sing amazing grace for me? They wouldn't be able to do it. But if I start in with amazing grace, then they start picking up on it and they will sing it to its conclusion because it gets their mind on that, uh, flow. It gets them on that, that track and then they can't help but complete it. And then that's, that's where they are. They, it's, it's become so much a part of them that it becomes like a natural bodily function almost to be able to finish the song. Yeah. So you're, you're almost like a, for lack of a better way to describe it, but like a mind coach for these people. Like these are things that exercise their mind that just improve their quality of life in the moment, even though it's an incurable ailment, like you're saying, but that, uh, do you see these things like, um, you still obviously see people get frustrated and confused, mm -hmm. but is that lessened or? Well, um, they say that uh, in their studies that if you were to talk about any subject at all with someone with dementia, uh, it, it may have different levels of the response time and, you know, they might not remember exactly what they're talking about. But if you were then to sing a, a familiar song with them, uh, and then decide to reapproach that topic, they would be able to speak on it a lot better. So it literally does light up all the, the little corners of the room, if not even just for a little moment where you can kind of talk more fluidly with them and they become more lucid. Like there is a kind of luminescence that comes from uh, music especially in the mind where they are so attached to it that it lights up the brain in ways that nothing else will. Um, I saw a video where some man who couldn't even talk and they uh, started singing Amazing Grace and they weren't even singing it to him, but he suddenly popped in and he was like, I know the rest of the song and he starts singing it and he, he couldn't even talk. And um, it, it, there really is something to it yeah that's fascinating how that's how that works like how people can just snap out of like basically like almost like a catatonic state mm -hmm. and just hop in to the course or, or whatever I, so outside of your like what's what's fascinating to me about your take on this is it's based off your empirical experience, your observations, uh, your things that you have seen that work or don't work, mm -hmm. and things that uh, I'm sure of wide variety of cases. Like how many how many patients would you say you've interacted with? Or, or well, I mean, there's the uh, twenty to thirty 
in the observation unit, but uh, uh, outside of there, there's about 110 residents, and many of them have dementia as well. It's just not progressed to a, uh, you know, the point where they need to be in that particular unit. Uh, but I mean, even outside the nursing home, uh, it works. Music is like a medicine in every way. It can do a plethora of things. It can it can be a depressant. It can be a stimulant. Uh, it's it's basically medicine, and it's this abstract thing that we humans have latched onto. And I do think of it as a medicine. In in the unit, I feel like people are confused and they're not really sure what's going on uh, in the way that someone who is, you know, having a bad trip or who is very confused might not really know what's going on. And uh, music and shamanism, as far as I'm concerned, is is pretty linked. And so I feel, like you said, a, a coach of the mind, anyone who knows what music is important to these residents can be a coach of the mind, can be a, a shaman and can try to lead them through the experience that is otherwise very terrifying and disturbing. And, you know, they, they basically can't remember anything. And uh, music is one of the medicines, one of the tools that can help guide people, you know, back through what they're experiencing. Man, one thing I would, I was thinking about just, talking talking with robin and then talking with you today is like do the are these people lonely just being there like they not like like you said they bring up like hey hey where are my parents or mm -hmm. i mean imagine like i can't imagine like living 40 years with cora and then forgetting her mm -hmm. but then like maybe hopping back into being like uh oh, i'm here at this weird place and it's not my house it's not this place and yeah. where's cora it, like is that something that reoccurs like do people come up and like or is or is like loneliness and depression a, a, a common thread as well mm -hmm. well occasionally people will have these moments of clarity um but for the most part it it is kind of a lonely thing it's something that people have to go through by themselves because even if they have family members there they may not recognize them and also if you show somebody who's kind of elderly and they have dementia a picture of themselves as they are a lot of the times they won't recognize who that person is wow. uh, that's why a lot of the times we don't have mirrors in the unit because i mean if say your dementia makes you feel like you are still in your early 30s um and you look in the mirror and you see this 80 year old it's like who is that um but if if I gave you a picture of you as you are, you would say, oh, yeah, that's me. That's that's wow. who I am. But they, they feel like um, that age that they reverted back to. Do, do When they look around, do they like say things like, why am I with all these 80-year-old people? I'm 32. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, people will think they're at work and they need to get back to work. You know, and I... I've often talked to some of the CNAs that I work with and you know, when I'm about to go home and I get my keys and I'm thinking, well, what if one day I can't find my keys? Right. And I'm like, well, where do my keys go? You know, I've been working all day and now I know I want to go home and my car is in the parking lot and Oh shoot. I can't, I, I can't figure out the combination to the, the code to get out the door. So like, what's going on here? And then somebody just comes up and says, 
well, you need to come back and sit down. We're, we're going to stay here tonight. And um, it's just a very, I mean, it could easily happen. And it, that's how fragile the whole situation is, is it could happen to any of us. We could be of the uh, illusion that we are working there or that we're there in a, a staff capacity when actually we live there. Yeah. <laughs> all of this could be a simulation right <laughs> and also like i'm having a physics uh phd on on thursday and we're nice. we're gonna touch on that because i have questions for because I've, I've never i've never sat down and talked with a physics uh person wow. before but she is uh she goes to our gym and she's super nice she's from india her uh-huh. mom's her mom lives in India and is a yoga instructor there. Oh, that's cool. You you do yoga with some of these residents. Chair yoga mm, yes. is what Robin said. You, do you watch Better Call Saul? Oh the no, t- I, I, haven't, I haven't caught up on it, but I I do know about it. And I, I I have been meaning to. It's good, but as soon as she said chair yoga, I was like, Better Call Saul does chair yoga. Yeah, like seniors <laughs> at Sandpiper Retirement Home or whatever it is in the. But it was uh, it, there is a funny spin on a, a, a kind of a home like that that they've been ripping off the residents. Oh and, man, and and Saul finds out about it, and that's his his big case or whatever. But I do love me some Breaking Bad though. So oh man, it's, it's definitely so on my good. list. Yeah. Did you watch El Camino? No, the, I haven't the yet. Movie? It's good. Um, I'm interested. So they didn't do Better Call Saul for this year. They took a year off. They released mm-hmm. El Camino. And it's my hope that season five of Better Call Saul, like they do something unique with it and it ties it all together. Oh, they should. Yeah. That I had, I had no idea how they were going to do a, a movie because I, I feel like Breaking Bad tied together pretty well at the end like it. i think uh, man I, I i i do too I, they've they've made it a lot more complex with where they've taken better call saul is like gus fring is in it it's running parallel and mm-hmm. mike beside um oh, yeah, sort of the breaking bad plot and then also um you are ha- fast forwarding to saul when he's like in witness protection program oh wow yeah and then el camino kind of leaves off with jesse like getting out and getting a new identity from the the vacuum cleaner, wow, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, are they gonna bring like is, is Jesse gonna be in season five? Of Better call Saul is my my theory. Yeah, no, that would be strange. I'd... Yeah, well, you know, they've done some things that have been unique. I, I think that's why I love Breaking Bad is it was unique television. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and Mike's like one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, I'm really glad that uh, Better Call Saul kind of explores more of his character because yeah. he was just so fascinating. He was, he was, uh, it does. It really, it does a good job going into that. Um, have you seen the Mandalorian, the star Wars show? I've seen baby Yoda. That, yeah. Every, everywhere. Everywhere. Does that, does that count? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's on your radar. So, yeah, yeah. It's definitely in my it, radar. It, it's fascinating that that has set the internet on fire though. It really has. Like I'm, I'm investing in baby Yoda memes. It, yes. Right? <laughs> Epstein memes are kind of out, but yeah, still they're, in, they're coming, becoming like gifs or gifts now. Yeah. They're, they're like last week. <laughs> <laughs> but Man. yeah. Yeah. Have you, are there any early signs or symptoms you know about that I should be like worried about getting or that, that here's the thing I worry about, man, is I'm in a weird, I mean, I teach history, mm-hmm. right? But like doing martial arts, like we spar and stuff. And that's been like, I was just talking with the neuro psycho, uh, psychologist, like a psychology PhD mm-hmm. who, whose background is like in the brain and stuff. Oh yeah. And he's never gotten into much sports psychology, but he has done a lot of research about like boxing and 
in, in the psychology behind that, um, like how people say things and what the outcome of the match is and stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, I, and like you mentioned with NFL players, like you, the UFC, if you turn, like I don't have cable, I stream, but if I were to turn on ESPN right mm-hmm. now, we would be like, oh, baseball, f- football, which is contact, uh-uh. right. basketball, MMA. Like that's like that's where we're at on our national sports for the mm-hmm. most part. And that is a traumatic brain injury causing sport, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So like, man, I've really scaled back like the amount of contact to the head that our people go through. What do you think about that? I mean, is I'm worried about are these are the things I'm concerned about, and I'm I'm all I'm like supplementing for brain health and trying to do puzzles and mm-hmm. thought exercises and all sorts of things. So I'm taking a conscious care of my conscience, consciousness. Yeah. You know? No, I I hear you. Um, and it's it's very easy to. It, it's very easy to get caught in the oh I I don't really remember what I was doing so oh shoot maybe it's early signs of dementia you know a lot of you just because you forget you know something you know for a long time doesn't mean it's a sign of dementia um a lot of the things that people experience is delirium which is the the short term kind of uh loss of memory and kind of loss of orientation uh i wouldn't i really wouldn't worry too much about the the sports and stuff because i mean as far as uh, there's millions of people that play you know nfl you know football and they they usually don't end up with dementia you know yeah it kind of isolated cases yeah i mean yeah it's definitely good to take care of, of your brain and you know make sure that it doesn't get hurt too much but um as far as dementia um i don't i don't think it's something to to lose sleep over well, you know, the time, I will say this, uh, ironically, I was just thinking this, uh, I notice I forget things the most if I didn't sleep well. Yeah. Well, that's, there's a that's weird a good correlation point. there. I've, and it took me a long time to connect the dots. And then I like, there's been like, it's been the last couple of years actually, because I've been on a really regiment. Cause I get up early, mm-hmm. I do stuff here around the house or go exercise. And then I'm usually in my office in Moralton at seven 30. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I have, I have this routine and like, man, I, so I end up going to sleep like nine or 10 o'clock at night and I sleep, I sleep mm-hmm. straight through. I was taking melatonin for a while, but I stopped. Yeah. And now I have weird dreams. It's, it's super, hmm. I didn't dream the whole time I was taking melatonin. Wow. So it kind of put you under. Yeah. Right. Then I had a dream. I like, I was having to kill someone in self-defense the other night, but, oh, yeah. but it was out. It was, it was self-defense and protection. Like I was having to protect my dad or wow. in the dream. Who's a bit like just recently had a heart attack. I think maybe this is oh, some man. of my subconscious or something, but, and I was having to protect him. And, um, I was like, so I, I was like crying that I was having to do this to this other person. I was, it was like, I woke up, I was like, Cora, I had a bad dream. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but that's, yeah, it, you know, it is sleep is fascinating and its mm-hmm. connection to that. I think like it may be a little spells of delirium or, or just like, Hey, wh- what was I saying? Right. I notice all the time I'll be like telling a story and I'll be like, yeah, you know, this guy. And I'm like, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. he's blah, 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 blah. 
And this is the context of this guy. What was that story right. I was telling? How does he fit into what were we saying? Exactly. That happens to me periodically, but it's usually when I haven't slept well. Right. There's little little slices of dementia almost. Um, yeah, sleep deprivation. Uh, I mean, it can it can lead to delirium. Uh, just kind of that that realization that all the stuff that we um, that we think and that we remember and that everything is just kind of a, a structure that's not necessarily very sound. I mean, it could slip um, pretty easily. And that's, that in itself is a kind of a, an interesting thought. Just like, you know, I, I know that I work at Johnson County health and rehab and I know that, you know, I, I, I work there daily and I know that I'll go home at the end of the day, but so do they, they, they feel very uh, sure of themselves, even though it's not necessarily what's going on. Yeah, version, versions of truth. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like their their truth versus your truth. Yeah. And who's to say that the uh, 80-something-year-old woman who believes that she's a 18-year-old pregnant girl back in high school, you know, isn't correct in her own reality? The only thing is that reality changes frequently and it leads to a lot of confusion. And so you, you kind of have to rein it in. You kind of have to bring it back in to, you know, where not necessarily correct her, but to kind of bring it back in to how, you know, in a way, not lying, not even a white lie, but basically living in her reality and going with it like if she was an 18 year old pregnant girl in high school how would we deal with that situation how would we talk to somebody who was going through that and you have to step out of your own reality and into theirs and i mean just because there's changes frequently doesn't make make it any less real um that's why you know it's not advisable if someone's husband had a heart attack or something uh, to remind them of that, you know, they're like, where's my husband? Oh, he, he had a heart attack. Uh, but you wouldn't say that because they would feel that emotion as raw as the first time. Yeah. Uh, just every time you'd Does say that it. push them further into darkness, do you think? I really don't know. I, I, I can't imagine having my heart broken so many times as if it was the first time over oh, and over and over. Oh, man. So we, we like to just... It's not being dishonest. It's more like it's more like going with the flow. It's empathy. Yeah, you've had to. Oh, I can't imagine the levels of empathy you've developed through just seeing this. How did you get involved with this job that you do? Huh. Like, I know you used to work at Forster Davis, right? Mm-hmm. What did you do there? Um, I started out as a basic fundamentals instructor. Uh, out of college with a music degree and I really wasn't using it very, very much. And I decided, you know, working with these adults with disabilities, uh, that music might be a good way to go with one of the classes. They had classes for everything, um, art, uh, kind of, uh, using the computer. And I thought, well, why not do a, a music program? And I talked to Ona, my boss, and she thought it was great. And we just kind of went with it. And so we, kind of formed a little choir a little band with the guitar and drums and you know we went to visit nursing homes and different 
Uh, what was your group's name? Didn't you guys have a name? Uh, the Singing Falcons. Okay, yes. Yeah. Sweet name. And I thought, you know, when I quit, you know, because I was moving on to different things that they might disband, but I'm very pleased that they didn't. They they kept going That's great. with it. That's great. You know, my aunt, uh, she she works there joy wilson yeah that's yes, right yes so um i think i was by there while one day visiting her and i saw you like walking over from like the house that's over by the hill that goes mm-hmm. down you were like walking him across or something yeah and um we spoke briefly about it but yeah so uh when did you trend did you just transition straight from there like what's you have your music degree did you go get like a cna or anything like that uh yeah i i kind of started uh as a housekeeper, you know, just cause I wanted to change the scenery and, uh, um, I found a lot of relaxation in, in being a housekeeper, uh, just made everything simpler and everything was just so complicated and complex. And I just wanted a simple job, you know, with simple paycheck. And then I saw what the CNAs were doing with the, uh, the residents. And I thought, well, you know, I, I want to help people like this. I want to be able to assist you know, people in their daily activities. And so I uh, went and got my CNA and uh, started working in the unit. And I really loved it. I loved being a, the hall monitor in the unit because you basically just stand there and you interact with the residents. And so I uh, uh, I told my supervisor I wanted to do that permanently. And so I did. And, you know, we did have an activity director, but she uh, was not there at the time. Uh she had gone on to different things and so uh, i i basically found myself kind of singing with the residents and doing activities with them as a hall monitor so when the job opened up i decided to you know just go for it and i mean you know we we got a really good team uh right now and i find myself in the unit all the time uh or most of the time i'll i'll come out and play the piano with everybody and you know do bingo here and there and interact with everyone but mostly my uh, concentration is the dementia ward and that's where i love to do things i i feel i feel definitely a flow there i feel like uh like-minded almost with the people that work there and the people that live there and it's got it's got its own vibe that's very uh, unique i'd say that's awesome you see it that way right um because i was thinking this uh like you seem to enjoy what you do and you seem to be making a difference just based off of things i've seen on the internet talking about what you do right that's yeah. like because like when i was talking to robin about it i was like mm-hmm. i'd ar- i thought about doing a podcast with you previously there's like a whole bunch of podcasts i think about and i just like there are literally hundreds of people I could sit down with. I just reach out to them as I can or as I'm reminded or whatever. But while this um, is something you're passionate about, man, like, uh, do you find yourself being like traumatized by it in any way? Like forming like bonds with these people and it being a, like it, you, you, you're making a positive difference, but man, this is this is depressing information that we're talking about, and that, that you know. But you seem to have a healthy outlook on it. It's uh, it's oftentimes hard to to tell whether my outlook is healthy on it or not. But I think it is. Um, just the the nursing home in general uh, shows you a side of humanity that not everybody gets to see, not everybody wants to see. It's basically. Um, 
the fragility of of humanity of being people and the truth is we die we die a whole lot (laughs) um and not everybody sees that not only do we die physically but sometimes our mind starts to go and that's not exactly something that people can take uh you know just like like that but basically uh, sometimes there's chaos there's a lot of chaos and i find myself uh uncomfortably comfortable with chaos because it's kind of something that i really like to deal with i like to be in the midst of confusion and to see if i can you know help make sense of it and when when you got 30 different people with 30 different realities all mingling together it sometimes you know, doesn't compute <laughs> but yeah yeah I, yeah i know what you're saying that's it could be like perception altering in a way mm-hmm. you know like because you are perceiving a lot like a lot of different realities like one time i tell people this all the time chorus said this to me and i i have a I've had a background in philosophy. I've taken a lot of courses and I still research and read a lot of philosophy. That's great. I I got a minor in it and uh, took 27 hours with the same guy. I just flunked Mm. into having a great professor, uh, Dr. Bush. But she said this, she was like, and I may have heard it before, but she's the first person I was like, there is many versions of Ben is people that Ben has met because no two perceivers perceive Ben as the same Ben, right? Absolutely. But then like reverse that, like what you're talking about, like you're perceiving me, like what is normal? I don't know. Maybe you perceive me in a normal way of like people that don't have, but then there's like these, not even just the 30 people that you oversee, Mm -hmm. but there's all the people there. And then there's like, well, how many people are there like that here? And then people outside of, of, these areas that we're discussing that are with these ailments or maybe that have had a lifelong ailment it's um man yeah or you know you and i could be in the unit right now thinking that we're you know sitting here in this room have you ever uh read one flew over the cuckoo's nest yes Yes. okay yeah um I want to do some uh, some podcast content on that. Uh, a really good friend of mine who's been on the show a couple of times, Michael Booty is his mm-hmm. name. He's an English professor at Moralton. He's been for a long time. He's like three years away from retirement or something like that, maybe five. Mm-hmm. But he, it, when he does that book in his, I guess it's either Comp 2 or uh, World Lit 2. I can't remember, maybe both. But man, he does a good job. And it's like he he talks about some of the same things it's like you know like and then he has some great takes on like the way he interprets that and like we've riffed back and forth about it being you know the mccarthy era and Mm -hmm. some other things going on in american culture that are at the backdrop of that book that are that are fascinating yeah i mean that's it a lot of it's very similar to the unit uh we've come a lot a long way in our uh our mental health you know the way we deal with mental health uh since then but when you break it down i i think it's uh, called the theater of the absurd um where you know chaos is not that unusual where you know you you have a, a storyline going then suddenly someone comes in just talking like 
about nothing and or uh, making noise that doesn't make any sense and you know clapping their hands for no reason and the way that the other residents r- react to that one particular resident it's it's like uh finding uh, combinations of these these different uh uh groups of people and sometimes the reaction is not what it should be you know sometimes uh you have an issue because two people's realities bump into each other and it does is not necessarily very pretty you know so it's very interesting to see people uh the residents reacting to each other as well as the staff who's trying to maintain order but i mean it's impossible to maintain order sometimes and you just have to go with it there's there's a lot of flow so the activities that i do are not very set in stone uh if they want to play bingo we'll play bingo if suddenly they decide to start singing we'll start singing um the the thing i have noticed is that if i bring positivity to it you know it's positive and negative you can create ripples of positive so you start singing and then people who are you know kind of in their own world suddenly latch onto that that ripple and they start singing and it ripples off to everybody that happens with the negative and it happens with the positive so the my my goal has been to to start positive ripples like in that area as best i can sometimes it's hard to do but what are your go-to songs as it like you mentioned amazing grace or mm-hmm. you are my sunshine like what are some other ones that are real common that their, people- their favorite are definitely kind of the gospel or the old country uh stuff we like uh johnny cash elvis uh but also a lot of gospel stuff like i'll fly away oh yeah um the it's uh, kind of ironic some of the happiest songs that we have are about death and amazing grace i'll fly away you know everything that should be you know kind of somber is actually more hopeful and one of the main themes of uh, people who are kind of trapped in dementia is they just want to go home they just want to get out they want to escape one of the things that people in the unit have in common is they all are exit seeking or a lot of them are exit seeking they want to be somewhere that they're not and that's that's one of the main themes and i'll fly away i mean that achieves what they want it that that shows hope of one day not being afflicted with this kind of disorienting illness you know and that that could be said about all of us not yeah. just uh, people with dementia i mean all of us you know want to be cured of the things that we're we're sick with or cured of our unhappiness or you know the things that we want but we don't have and we're all just looking for a cure basically and and music i think is that cure or at least a um a tease of of the cure yeah i would agree. i've been really trying to up my mental health game my physical health game but i've just been listening to more audiobooks mm-hmm. and i uh, just trying to always be learning something and always be listening to music and play music and writing mm-hmm. these are all activities i think uh putting together a puzzle uh doing a sudoku uh just you know uh core plays a lot of cards i don't mm-hmm. even know I, I these are these are playing cards these are trading cards but oh, these yeah. are harry potter playing cards 
Nice. <laughs> but nice. she plays a lot of solitaire and hearts and, and things like that. But um, just little thought and brain exercises. Mm-hmm. And then just keeping your brain engaged. Like, I'm not a big reader. I, I try to read every day. But I can listen to books mm-hmm. on, like, another level. I just I think that's more like my skill set yeah. listening. Sometimes it's hard to, you know, to look at words and then like translate it into imagination. Uh, so I would see where the audiobook may, you know, be a better choice for some people, definitely. Because uh, you get on that rhythm, you know, hearing the spoken word in kind of the same way that people who pray or people who sing, you know, connect. I Yeah, I honestly feel like I, why I might be that way is because I was read to as a kid so much. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but that, and then I was homeschooled till like eighth grade. So, yeah. Uh, wow. It may be um, because that goes back to your childhood. It goes back to what you're used to and you're used to hearing things and not necessarily looking at things and, and reading. Them. It's weird too because, um, like, if I have a lot of books, but now I've just like, like, with, I have a lot of DVDs, but it's just like with books and shows or documentaries so i've just gone to the digital route of of storing things and like trying to get things yeah. more in in that realm but if you the books that i have that i look at all the time and i read all the time all my martial arts books but they're picture books hmm. with like a paragraph i'm like oh you can yeah. Like, but that's like my level of comprehension there is really high because it's just like a little excerpt, picture, 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 excerpt. Hmm. And I can interpret all of that pretty quickly. Um, if so, I, I just joke with people because like, aren't, aren't those things that like you, you're bullied for or something like, like I'd like, but that stereotype of like, yeah. oh, I'm just, oh, you got any books with pictures? You know, like yeah. I've heard, I've heard that stereotype right, in my life right, before. Right. It's kind of, kind of funny. Well, but. that's not necessarily bad. That's that just means you have, you have more of a what visual acuity, right? <laughs> yes, that's like audio, audio and visual. That is like when you pulled up, I was sitting there um, adding books to my wish list and mm-hmm. like looking at what I was gonna listen to next because I will have done five books over this little break that I've been out of school wow. from teaching. So. That's nice. It's been nice. And that, well, the big game change, like after we get on podcast, I'm going to go exercise and I'll, I'll exercise for about an hour, but I'll also get about an hour of listening. And I think there's something to that too, man. Mm-hmm. Like I've been researching and reading articles about it. Like, and I talked to my members and students at the gym, like this concept. Okay. If I tell you, I'm like, Hey, this physical motion is called a one. It's the number one. Mm-hmm. And this physical motion is called number two. One, two. You, just, mm-hmm. you know, it could be any physical motion. Though. Okay, so I want you to do one, two. But one, two is this concept. You do a jab and then you do a mm-hmm. cross. So you teach them what a one, two is. But then also like counting while you're exercising something that's attached to a concept. Mm-hmm. There's like... It seems like chaotic in a way to get your brain doing like multiple things, but I think there's like a sharpening there mm-hmm. that that may help you. But I, that's something that's fascinated me that if counting while you exercise, there's there's hmm. th- this forms newer new neural pathways. 
have yeah. you have you looked into like neuroregenesis or anything like no, that? I, no, I haven't. It's like basically forming new neural pathways, like in in ways other than what I just mentioned. Apparently, you know, I've been supplementing some uh, different mushrooms, non magical right. disclaimer, um, <laughs> but like lion's mane, cordyceps, mm-hmm. and then there's this other that's a stack of like seven different kinds. Um, and then the lion's mane is like a powder I put in my coffee. Yeah, I've heard of lion's mane before. Yeah. It's that, and I've been also supplementing my B vitamins, and I notice a big difference. Uh, I, I supplement garlic and vitamin D, and I have been for like a year, like regularly, but until I like, if I'm not getting vitamin B in my diet, or um, these are all things, it's just like they're in, they enhance everything and exercise too, man. I, it's weird. You think you're going to have less energy if you exercise. Okay, oh, I'm going to be tired. Yeah, like you will. You may be sore the next day. But you actually have more physical and mental energy yeah. if you are active. In the long run, I suppose. It's- yes. But but you like don't want to go be active because you want to like st- save your physical energy. Right. So it's very weird how we're, at least how, that's how I'm wired. Well, it, it just builds your capacity for it, right? You can do more you know, the more you, you work at it, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, That's been, I, I've just been talking to people about that sort of stuff. Like, I own a, own a gym or whatever, and I mm-hmm. still, I like I said, I'm going to go exercise, not at my gym, at the fitness center after podcasting. Yeah. And I've been doing that every day, and I have, it makes such a big difference on, like, seasonal depression mental attitude mm. so well I'd, I'd say that's definitely a, i mean a, a positive like the physical body you know it it has an effect on your, your mental like health and yeah i would say the exercise definitely improves not only your physical body but it makes you feel better it makes you and you know with the vitamins it's just getting all the chemicals you know to the right balance yeah. And um yeah, I mean it, dementia dementia is definitely a result of physical of the way you treat your body. Um and some and so it, your your mental your mental health is definitely a direct effect of how you treat your body. Um I wonder how much like uh this is something i've been thinking a lot about like how how easy it is to get in like i was asking her about like oh did this like basically have you just seen all these things make you have negative thoughts but how easy it is to have negative thoughts and to get in this reoccurring Mm -hmm. pattern of like like just one thought like You'll be like having something nagging that you want to not be a reality in your yeah. life or something, and and you and you put you put the bad thought away, and then it comes back, and and you just keep trying to pack it back, mm-hmm. it, but it reoccurs, and it's like that's. Um, I wonder if that has something because I mean honestly, that's something that people with depression like they they just regurgitate negative mm-hmm. thoughts, and that's easy. It's an easy habit to get into. Especially with the readiness of information of how much bad things there are. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that with like being a historian of knowing a lot of bad stuff that's happened. Right. And would you say that history repeats itself? Yes, man. Like, yes. And 
Like I was, I was reading this earlier, like just like about. Um, I've been reading this book about the Comanche. It's called Empire of the Summer Moon. It's a mm-hmm. history book about the Indian Wars on the plains. But just like the mutilation that both sides, and like things that you would never even think of doing, like the number of arrows that they, they would shoot some people with, like hmm. if they had like a repeating rifle or something. Wow! Like. Yeah. Or just like the degree of dismemberment and mutilation by both mm-hmm. sides, like m- so much more than just scalping or, I mean, things that you would never, that just like, I was thinking like, this is, this is like 1870. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Or you go forward to like Viet- Vietnam uh, or the Sand Creek Massacre is a great one from mm-hmm. the 1860s. Mm-hmm. Vietnam, like Huey me lie i don't know if you've ever heard of the me lie massacre mm-hmm. it's just like hundreds of villagers men women and children elderly there were no there were no vc there were no Viet Cong there and the this kind of off the rails unit just like massacred these people and i know a lot of situations like that and a lot of them are recent man a lot of mm-hmm. them are you could say i would just say well, 1776 to now, you know, and because there's a lot, there were atrocities like uh, similar, not, I don't know, any horrible, like the War of 1812. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, that's where history repeats itself. Like everybody kind of knows about the French and Indian War. Like that was the same thing, but it's just the tribes were now in the Southeast that the, that mm-hmm. the British were riling up against, you know, and, yeah. and to, to, to what degree they were involved and, it, it it repeats itself in a lot of ways and it, it's saddening it's depressing and um it's weird the things like i have dreams about so, this kind of stuff sometimes and also like i've been doing a lot of i've been teaching myself a lot of like uh theory on guitar like uh, mm-hmm. scales uh, uh keys chords in a key things like this i'm just working on the g major mm-hmm. scale right now yeah. and like you know just the the chords without going down the neck the chords going down the neck it's changed the way i play a lot yeah but also i have dreams about the patterns yeah well that that's an interesting point you know uh, guitars pianos I, they all everything related to music is is uh patterns and it makes me think of the negative and the positive uh you know, you look at a piano, you got the black keys and the white keys, and you got kind of the the dark side of music, and you got the light side of music. And that's the same with all things. Like, why do people, uh, like the Comanche, why, why do people slaughter people so ruthlessly and uh, overkill almost? And I feel like it's that, like you said, that, that grain of sand in your mind that, that builds and you uh dwell on it and to the point where it be, it becomes this negative energy and you got people in the unit who are fighting for no reason at all other than their own minds uh say something negative about another person that might or might not be true and that's just humanity is you know there's positive and there's negative there's there's light and there's dark and you know there's that force which goes toward construction and there's that force that goes toward destruction and some people you know don't know what to do with that grain of sand in their brain 
um, like you said, dreams, I was thinking about dreams uh, when you were mentioning that is that's kind of how that comes to the surface, how we come to, we don't even realize that we're having these, you know, feelings, these kind of guilt almost or fear and they come out in our dreams. And that, I mean, that's what the folks I work with are in a constant, uh, sometimes it's a good dream, sometimes it's a nightmare. And uh, the only thing I know to do is to uh, to alleviate that with positive energy um, and try not to let history repeat itself anymore, but, you know, it's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. And, and all we can, yeah, I mean, I think all we can do is try and have these strategies, like whether it's a routine based or whether it's like, I mean, literally thought exercises, that's just the greatest mm-hmm. way I can describe them because like it was described to me as this way recently. Like you ever heard of, um, a cow chewing their cud, mm-hmm. like how they just like can't digest it. So they like, they throw it up in their mouth and mm-hmm. chew and they eat the throw up. Yeah. But like apply that metaphor for like negative thoughts. You just keep swallowing it and keep throwing it up. Mm-hmm. And, then it's like we'll change that to like yeah just keep every time i offset every negative thought with a positive thought Mm -hmm. or every time this thought creeps up i come up with little mental strategies i i did you have you ever uh, read uh like um the art of tidying up it's it's about basically about like i have a lot of junk in this room right now but i'm about to Mm -hmm. move to a bigger studio so it's Basically, like, it gives you a mental process to, like, uh, let go of things, uh, Mm. material things. Like, uh, this pen doesn't make me happy anymore. It's just been out of ink for three Mm -hmm. years. And, I yes, it was sentimental. It was my very first pen that I bought when I went to college. (laughs) But it served its purpose. I'm not going to refill the ink. I haven't refilled the ink. So I'm just going to uh, throw it away. Or whatever it is, you recycle it, whatever you do with it. Yeah. But like so many people are like, no, nah, dude, I've had this pen since I was a freshman <laughs> in college. I'm not getting rid of it. That's crazy. Yeah. And then you get like a hundred thousand things like that. So having a mental process to not clutter your life up, even though I'm super cluttered mm-hmm. and my table's <laughs> cluttered with Christmas presents. That's all and good. Action figures from eBay and puzzles, but. Yeah, I, I think it, the, uh, they say the room is a picture of your mind. It's, right? it's, it's crazy. In here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something I learned at the nursing home is that you don't have a choice. You're eventually going to let everything go. You know, what defines you? Um, I mean, in the nursing home, you have a room and everything you can fit into that room is what you know, your life has been leading up to. And on another note when you're dying like what do you hold on to on the last breath and that some people hold on to music is you know it just shows it's an it's an abstract thing i was going to mention that there is another uh medicine besides music that i found works very effectively with dementia and like you were saying uh vitamins the sun like being outside um has been a huge tool and uh, if people are having lots of trouble, especially when it's nice outside, we'll go outside and suddenly everybody melts. And suddenly all that goes away, all the negative goes away, and 
the the vitamins from the sun and the fresh air yes are enough to to chill everybody out and that has been that and music have been big tools for me has there been anything else you've noticed Mm. or anything that people like hold on to like you're saying to hold on to music do they hold on to anything else i mean a lot of the times, uh, some of the things we use, uh, it doesn't work for everybody like this. Um, and we have to be careful because sometimes it's a dignity issue. But like if you have a baby doll, um, they will light up. Like um, in, in some of their minds, there is no difference between a baby doll and a real baby child. And uh, something about that young, that, that youth it brings them brings out their maternal or paternal instincts and they immediately go into what they love to do which is nurturing and uh that's something that i've noticed is uh they love children like i'll bring little cora i'll bring her to uh, oh your daughter's name is cora yeah my wife's name is cora i just remembered <laughs> the the commonality there yeah no I, great name that's it's all right i don't mind that she stole from my little baby. Yes. Her, her name. <laughs> How old is she now? Uh, four. Four wow. years old. Wow. What's that yeah. like, man? Oh, it's great. She is like a, a reason to, to do things, a reason to be alive and, you know, to be happy. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And she learns so fast. She learns everything. She picks up everything, um, absorbs it like a sponge and, even you know my love for music she's picked up on she can name a song as soon as it starts playing you know sometimes or the band you know i'll, I'll put on a, a song by the cars and she'll be like hey that's the cars it's like, oh yeah you're you're good <laughs> wow she's a she's a little learner and she's a little mini me you know man yeah we were talking about this before we uh sat down when i was uncaging my crazy dog so mm-hmm. they didn't jump all over you but um, uh, then what was I just gonna say? I say, dude, I don't have any symptoms, do I? I just, I just blanked out. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> what yeah, were we talking good. about? <laughs> uh, little Cora. Oh yes. Um, well, Cora and I are in kind of family planning phases, and I just like try and talk with as many people as I can about yeah. like what they're experiencing. But we were talking about this before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, your creativity that runs in your family, like. Which not to put you on the spot or make you like not not to be boastful or anything like that, but you're a really creative guy, right? Like you you write your own music. You're yeah. very musically talented. You you all you have been ever. You can sing. Um, have you acted? Have you done any acting? A little bit. Your sister acted. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's amazing. Does she do that now? Oh yeah, she's uh, she's usually in New York. Yeah, that's what Cora was saying because her and Cora th- think the same age. Yeah, she she likes to hold down like three jobs at a time and and still have time to go audition and wow. And she's been on TV. She's been on the ID channel and like I mean, yeah, she's done a lot of cool things. And then uh, is uh, your brother Dylan? Is he younger than you? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother Dylan and Hannah are twins. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're twins. Whoa. See, I was Stahl, Dan Stahl's TA one mm-hmm. year, and Hannah was in that class. It was like it was like the ninth graders coming up to the high school in the auditorium for first period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was with that group. Huh. And uh, that's, 
that I just like remarked on that that was that was your sister because I think I was a senior at that time. Yeah, yeah, but that, um, that would be about right. Yeah, if I could it, just yeah. get as many YouTube followers as your brother has on Instagram, right? Like, I I could like quit one of my jobs or something. <laughs> not like I'm trying to. I'm not, but. It's, it's, I have a joke with people. I'm like, uh, you know, the gym is like, we're about to move to locations twice the size. Mm-hmm. I like landed my dream job with history and, and teaching history in college. And like, I'm like, yeah, this thing's great. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but this thing that makes me no money and I spend money on all the time, <laughs> yeah. the podcast, I want to do that. That's awesome. You know, but I, it's so. just like on to the next thing type of a deal. But man, mm-hmm. all the stuff I podcast is, it's about all this other stuff and a lot of Star Wars lately. So yeah, well, I mean, still, I mean, what does the podcast do for you? Like, like, what does does it uh, help you work through things? Or it does. Uh, I also, I think this like I have like a weird, um, a weird need to create things, you know, and it's just like a way to create Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the other things we were talking about uh before we started recording is it's just a great like uh i just feel this like a need to to get stuff out there that i'm thinking about and this is like a physical way of like yeah so hey here's a video on my jim's youtube page or here's the audio on apple's podcast or and then too like uh if i didn't do this podcast maybe we never talked again right i mean you never know and, and and maybe i don't have empathy for people uh or uh in the future or like maybe i have a higher level of empathy after having done this mm-hmm. uh if i see something like what we talked about in the future but i just i like getting down uh, sitting down to talk with people i i tell people this a lot it kind of makes a lot of sense like when i when i graduated um one i wrote my my senior term paper on the history of film right yeah history and film and then um in college one of the first things i did i took an independent study where i made a documentary about my grandpa right and then i started in later on my undergrad and in graduate school i worked on this program called the k-12 initiative where i would like basically do a podcast i didn't do like this i didn't talk to the people but like we would contact uh or a high school would contact us and be like look i need some some content on one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. we don't have any content on it like i teach this class and we want to do a unit on it what can you give me that i can use to draw from take notes develop to simper so we would okay well we'll we'll call this english professor they will give you basically we'll sit down and film with them we'll edit some things in throw some pictures in credits mail it on a dvd to you so i did like 156 of those so i acquired like a lot of video editing experience but i mean i don't do a lot of editing on this but when i move the studio into the new gym i'm i'm planning on doing things like adding a second camera yeah Uh, so like one one coming on me one going on you um i have a music also in the house i'm going to kind of incorporate all that stuff into studio as well it's awesome so some bigger plans for that but um i'm looking forward to it but it's man the big thing is i think that we as a society are like moving away from like hey man like i want to listen to what you have to say Mm -hmm. and then 
like to have a conversation like i say things you say things it, it's gone so much to text and mm. it, so much to social media and that's like a minefield sometimes and it's just great to it's great to sit down and talk with people absolutely you know so like right. and it's it's too funny it's like sitting like sitting down and talking with robin is like that's actually one of the shorter podcasts i've done but i've been really taking a lot from like shorter blurbs with people yeah. like an hour, hour and that a half. was a really good uh podcast i thought so too it got like a thousand views on facebook alone it got a views elsewhere audio listens elsewhere so um yeah, but that's that's awesome yeah i mean robin's got a fantastic story i can't like what well, i was thinking after she told me about like the number of employees and residents i was like like you're doing like some high level leadership mm-hmm. Like that's, that fascinates me because like I tell people I'm like, and it may, this may be a sign of a leader or whatever, but like, I do not like being the guy, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like at the, and I'm not, it, it's kind of nice at the university. Cause I'm like, I was a lowly instructor there, <laughs> but at the gym, you know, if I walk in, everybody's like, yeah, dude owns the place. Let's talk to him. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just here to teach the class guys. So. <laughs> but man, it gets, we're, our current building is, is we're just so crowded cause we're about to move and we've been trying to move and finally found a spot that will work for us and we bought it and we'll be doing that over the next month or so. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of stuff going on for you. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's an interesting season and I'm, I'm, you know, like once we get moved over there, like it, that's going to be a major like uh, chapter kind of closed off and because mm-hmm. the hope is we never have to do anything like that again yeah like this will be the fourth location that we've been in in less than 10 years wow but it's just like we keep outgrowing 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 that's a good thing yeah. it is it is and um this is twice the size twice everything so hopefully mm-hmm. we're doing more yoga that's going to be cool. I'm going to get to do some of those classes. It's the hope as well. It's something I would, I haven't found the time to integrate into my routine. So I just had uh, Dr. Aaron Claire. She's an English professor on, and um, she was talking about yoga and we got a, a share about the paranormal page. And it's funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do you, do you have anything, you know, anything coming up? Uh, like, have you been, doing music writing yeah i mean uh i like to have as many outlets as i can as far as the music goes and they're as diverse as you know anything in life i mean you have you know i i've been trying to sell some uh, choir music i've been writing for the church um and then i also have like i call it my homemade music which is kind of just getting stuff out of my head and onto an mp3 uh, electronically it's it's more like just a kind of a, a hobby to to get things done that's like me with martial arts techniques like yeah I, like i feel like i if i get them out it's like a weird like almost like a closure there mm-hmm. yeah it helps to get things out of your head like especially if it's cluttered and uh, get them onto paper onto a computer and i mean i i post it on on youtube and stuff but i mean it's really not for the i guess it's not necessarily primarily for the public uh, consumption. It's more like a, a me thing. It's because a lot of them are kind of on the dark side and it's really not how my personality is per se, but it's just, everybody's got, you know, 
at least two sides to their the way they think and the way they make you know art and stuff and that's just kind of the darker side i like to put it out there for fun but um i also like to feed kind of the choir and the church part of it and that part of it and the nursing home part of it there's so many different facets to to music it's and what all instruments do you play um i play piano by ear i can read some music you know uh, it takes me a little bit to, to read music, but I like to play by ear on the piano. I'm trying to learn the guitar. Um, it's taken me a long time to learn the guitar, but uh, that's that's one of them. Played the tuba in, oh, yeah. in band. Yeah, I forgot you were in band. You, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Dude, I tell people this all the time. When I first came to school, I wanted to do... Like, I, I was weird. I got... My my cousin, he's like a brother to me. Like I still see him all the time. Not all the time. I don't see him as much as I like. I saw him over Christmas. I talked to him all the time. But he played football, man. And I was like, man, you know, that's like that's all, like one of the only things I knew being yeah. homeschooled was like going to his games. And he was actually like very successful and very good. And like I, I wanted to do do something like that. And I went like I show up and I'm registered for classes. And they're like, what do you know? what electives do you want to take mm-hmm. or whatever and i was like yeah i want to be in band and i want to do football and they're like all right which one uh, yeah. and i was like well yeah i want to do both because i've seen at my cousin's games i've seen like a guy in a football uniform like playing the tuba or something mm-hmm. you know? all right now you gotta choose and like i chose Dang. football and like i've all i i I, t- I argue with Cora all the time about our unborn future child. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, they're not playing football. They're not doing this. They're not going to sit on a bench. But hmm. it's, man, it, think about how difficult it is to shine in a team sport and how that can also mess with, I feel like, your self-worth. Right. Well, I mean, you can't really be that individual on a, a team, right? Or else... It defeats the purpose. Um, yeah, that is an interesting point. But uh, I'm not trying to talk poorly about team sports. What I do like, though, is like sports, like like martial arts. You, we come in, we all practice together. If any of us go compete, it's just us out there. It's not like there are any tag team matches in mm-hmm. MMA, you know. But right. it's it's just us out there. It's just you uh, doing your thing. It's just uh, whatever individual student. But it's mm-hmm. like when we come together at the gym. Same thing with like a golf team golf team practices together but it's just you it's just you scoring your score yeah you know? tennis uh things like i like the individual sports or like band choir theater mm-hmm. core argues the theater is a little more um competitive mm-hmm. like people like auditioning for roles and stuff like that a little bit yeah. but still man i was on the techie side so like building sets and stuff like right. that so like i never and like acting was just like not anything i was super i did it but it's like a bonus yeah but but you know man i I think there are ways to to show your individual talent even in a team setting like different people bring different things to the table uh like at the nursing home i mean we all work together as a team but each of us brings a, a different background to it you know uh, I bring kind of the musical background to what I do and uh, people bring cooking uh, to it. People bring 
you know their experience like like robin with uh running and you know improving herself her, her like i just can't say enough things about her lifestyle change man yeah. like it it inspires me you know yeah. like she was she said something the other day about like people talk, asking her things and stuff and i in like some of the changes she's made and i was like or, or, or maybe she was saying she posts inspirational stuff a lot like there are things that i don't even know if she's, she's just like posting what she's doing mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah this is your lifestyle yeah it's not just some random thing it's not like oh yeah you're on a fad diet or anything her lifestyle like and we've hit on this several times but like the a lifestyle that makes you well Mm-hmm. you know in spite of all of the chaos and the negativity and that's a very uh sculpting a routine to carve that out that's mm-hmm. a, that's a very focused and conscious thing have you read uh, jordan peterson's 12 rules for life no what are they um oh, yeah i can't remember all 12 but he basically just got first off he goes off and he's like hey human beings don't like rules as a matter of fact, we hate them. He starts off talking about the Ten Commandments and all sorts of yeah. things. But his basic idea is like, start in your own house, in your own environment. Create, mm-hmm. like, like, get your ground floor. Like, work from there outward. Get your house in order first. But he, he it's it's an interesting, it's actually the audiobook. Uh, if you wanted to listen to it, there mm-hmm. is a version of it that's read on YouTube. Like, but it's a I think it's a worthy buy or there's tons of podcasts of him breaking it down like talking about like hey here's point one yeah he he has a chapter where he talks about territorialism amongst lobsters (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) because that's I heard him say this once like those atrocities I was talking about on the Great Plains Native Americans and Union soldiers those are horrible and like things that Hitler did they're horrible but like the Hitler stuff's born out of a utopian idea, mm-hmm. right? And atrocities are something that, like, we don't see in the animal kingdom. We see territorialism, mm-hmm. like, hey, get out of my resource area. Yeah. And we see human beings, uh, like, tribal warfare amongst Native American groups is mm-hmm. a great example. But when we get into studying atrocities that human beings commit against one another, there's, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like one instance and somebody else said this uh, recently, but I'd heard a historian say it. There's no instance of an animal holding a gun to your baby's head mm-hmm. to make you perform a sex act. Yeah. Like that doesn't exist except in human beings. Right. You know? And he hits on some stuff like that, but it's kind of like the, you know, the flip side to, to being so intelligent, like, that your brain can come up with that kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's one of the sacrifices we make for being so clever is that sometimes, you know, these things that would never have occurred to anybody else, you know, pop up, right? Yeah. And I don't know. It's almost like, uh, I wonder if it's that we have, it's, it's not just the act per se as it is like the passion with which people do things whether bad or good you know they they do it with passion and they make it really personal yes and i wonder i wonder if we can get past that like i was talking on a previous podcast about how we just get in a cycle of passing trauma on from generation to generation Mm -hmm. or 
we experience, you're going to experience trauma in your life. There's nothing you can do about it other than try to offset the negative effect it has mm-hmm. on you. But like childhood trauma or traumatic events that occur, if you were raped, anything mm-hmm. like this, but like there's some things that you can't, you know, random acts of violence like that, but people typically that are passing on trauma then turn around and say to the next generation, like, why are you this way? Right. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, but then it's in, and then you get to unpacking that trauma and realize that you're passing it on. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it makes me wonder if history really does repeat itself or if we have the control, if we have the ability to make it not have to repeat itself. Well, one thing I think that like maybe ideas and information can curb some of this, maybe uh, recognition of trauma and post-traumatic stress wasn't even really talked about until really after World War Two. You know, I mean, shell shock is what they called it. But like how many veterans came home and were like violent and angry and didn't talk with people and completely unplugged from society and like now Mm -hmm. we would look at that and be like yes they're depressed they're having these symptoms from this trauma they experienced or things that they had to do and they can't and you know let's help them come out of that in these ways imagine for how long that wasn't even a narrative yeah yeah that these are things that just like i think i think about that a lot well yeah and i mean going back you know in history before people knew about like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia i mean they yeah. pretty much just chalked it up to demon like, possession demon possession right because that's all they knew and that's all they had really studied but now you know you know you can tell that it's a lot more complicated than that i've been trying to talk i've <sighs> Not that I know a lot about mental illness, mm-hmm. but just to st- studying and observing mental health. So many times we do that, like uh, there's like a weird attitude of, of a lot of times bullying someone in a, in a family or that you know that is like, the, oh, they're the black sheep. Oh, they're just being this way. Oh, they're blah, blah, blah. But it's like a lot of times these people that are being made fun of or you're making excuses for can have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's hard. When that person's your family member, it's very hard to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like we, we have somebody in my family that's, that's, I, I, you know, it's suffering from mental illness and it's very hard for that person's parents to see that when that is the consensus view, mm-hmm. you know, but those types of things like making excuses for them or just like uh, justify like, oh, you know, they're just going through a hard time or well, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, you know, but it's not productive like to blame somebody for that. I mean, it, uh, like I said, it's a lot more complicated, and we we have to snap out of the uh, assumption that if they're not right, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking about my my aunt, my great aunt uh, Riesel. She uh, thought that her husband was coming to dinner every night, set the table for two, and the right thing to do was not to correct her, you know, allow her to continue to feel that her husband was coming to dinner and that it was okay to, to set the table for two, even if we knew that he wasn't coming. 
I mean, for her, he was. And that well, you know, that's that's a level of of empathy that I just if you so many people probably don't have. And like I said, like I, I just recently somebody was like, look at this crazy video somebody uploaded, mm-hmm. and they're kind of laughing about it. I was like, I'm afraid that person's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the way they're behaving. Like, right, the things they said, and it's like I don't, I don't, I don't think we should be watching this. Like, it's not. I don't find it funny at all. Like, yeah. because just like man, I work across the hall from a couple of, of psychologists and a couple of friends I have come on the podcast, psychologists, and it's. I've just been I've been kind of fascinated with ways to improve mental health and trying to improve my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's easy to get so busy and not getting having to do things you don't want to do or doing too many things you want to do. Yeah. Well, and and one one thing that people like to do that doctors like to do is throw a pill at it. And like uh I mean that that's something we're trying to move away from is away from unnecessary antipsychotic usage and finding alternative ways to uh to help people who are having mental issues um you know you got to be really careful but i mean uh not everybody needs a pill uh, it's easy to take a pill and then you know be zonked out but doesn't really solve the problem um, true so I mean, that's where we're we're turning to more alternative methods, if possible. Um, music, going outside, you know, just uh, stepping into somebody's world who's having a, a hard time. If someone's depressed, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be dementia. If someone's depressed, you know, step into that world with them. Don't necessarily take charge like you know you know more about it than they do but just kind of be there with them in their in their kind of depressed state and just be there with them yeah i think that's very so many times we try i think to explain things away you know where it's just like no that's real for that person and there's nothing that you're gonna there's no logic you can apply to that state other than just like sometimes like you said you just need somebody to be there with you to, mm-hmm. to listen to your vent and not try and help you make sense of it or right you know because a lot of times I feel like it, when you're I do think that's like with uh, I kind of mentioned this podcast there are a ton of things I get out talking about that are narratives going on in my head that it's it's positive to get them out and talk about them versus never just was being stoic and sitting on it and no i don't deal with stuff like that that's well, that's that those are things that other people deal with it's like man the human experience is is very shared mm-hmm. there are many commonalities absolutely and to isolate yourself or to to hold it in you know doesn't necessarily make it better or make it go away um like so many things it tends to build up and then you have a an explosion that you know could have been prevented if you just kind of let it out in a more uh, productive way or with somebody who can kind of talk you through it yeah i you know I, that is beneficial talk like having a therapist to talk to is like i i started doing that somewhat recently and it's it's super beneficial 
Like just having somebody just just go talk to you about your problems at work, about mm-hmm. your problems owning a business, about your um, frustrations with yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's like a weird stigma attached to that, you know, of oh, you you must have something wrong with you that you go. And I don't know, like I thought that it wasn't like that was deterring me from going to do that. Actually, the the main thing and just to be open about that was like the financial viability mm-hmm. to pay for that facet of my wellness. Yeah. You know, well, and personally, I, I guess it's a kind of an arrogance that I have in like, well, you know, this could just be any, anybody, you know, with a, a degree uh, and like are they really qualified to <laughs> to talk me through my mind and that's kind of an arrogance and you just kind of have to let go of that and have faith that this person who's getting paid to to talk through it with you you know really has his heart in it or her heart in it and sometimes they do sometimes they don't it's just kind of a risk you take opening up to somebody. It is. I, I, I definitely agree because it's, it's weird. Like I always feel super good after the fact, like mm-hmm. really good. Like, and then things that I discussed become like new realities for me, like setting boundaries mm-hmm. that I'm not going to teach a ton of classes at the university, the extra, yeah. you know, and it just, like that's a big one just setting boundaries having like talking strategies about Mm -hmm. how you're going to set these boundaries in your professional life and stuff which are it's logical but man people will in some environments will abuse you if you let them and the other people you know are are trained to there may be one switch in your mind in your brain and they may know exactly what it is and they can flick it and it it switches your entire mindset, you know? Yeah. It is. It's weird too, though, because like, I always like feel, and then I'm like about to go there and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel weird now. Yeah. But at least like for a five minute thing. And then I get there and it's just like super positive. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of my, it, it's beneficial for me. Too. It's like one of my very best friends, moms. I've known her for a long time. She actually came to a master's thesis defense. Mm-hmm. So, getting talk with her versus somebody that's a complete stranger is mm-hmm. nice. And I, there's another guy, he just retired from the university at Moralton, but he's a philosophy professor and he's also a psychology professor, PhD with uh he has he actually has a he runs a an office and he's a counselor in Clarksville. Hmm. At the um took right over there by the old kxio like across the street from there is where he's at yeah um he looks just like wilford brimley yeah dana Dana thompson (laughs) but he's been on the podcast uh but i think i think it's good like how could we ever be like no it's not good to have somebody to talk to about your feelings but it is there is some vulnerability there and there, there does need to be, I think, some trust there because it's mm-hmm. like, uh, like Scientology, for example. Yeah, they, oh, they're yeah. super critical of psychiatry, you know. Yeah, super critical. But um, well, there. I mean, that's that's a whole other story. There, the Scientologists. I mean, they pretty pretty much create their own world you know their own rules and yeah uh, i actually have a i have a friend that's a scientologist yeah. in california he's been on the podcast but wow, it's yeah. it's wild how many life skills he has that he got from being at the church yeah you know? 
I wonder if I'm going to get like ads for Scientology. <laughs> I don't because, know. Uh, like, when I was watching a bunch of documentaries about it on, on like, like, um, YouTube and stuff, mm-hmm. I would start getting ads about it on YouTube. Wow. But now like this, a whole new level man is I notice occasionally it picks up on things I say in videos and I get ads for it. Maybe, like you get tagged in it or something. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Or, or like I go to Facebook Marketplace a lot and you get mm-hmm. like video ads for stuff there. Yeah. Like in like your phone listening to you and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like I've noticed it. I don't know why I think probably because he has more background apps or like hasn't turned stuff. But Colby Tally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, like his phone is like anything I talk about, he'll get an ad. Like if we're hanging out, he'll get an ad for it on his social media. Oh, man. I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll think about something. I won't even do it on the phone and, and it'll show up. You know, yeah. that that's that's some weird law of attraction <laughs> level stuff as well. Absolutely, maybe it just picks up on the the vibes. Maybe it just picks up on the. I don't know. This is funny. Colby ironically just just text me oh, about no. <laughs> about podcasting. How it feels. So it's, it's like a. <laughs> it's like three or two. Uh, one girl sitting there next to a picture of like three girls painted on a wall. Yeah. How it feels, how it feels to listen to podcasts. That's, That's funny. so funny. Yeah, Cora takes me too. She's she is um. Did a CPR training right now, but oh, she's right. not feeling well at all. I felt bad for because like five oh, or man. six hours long or something. Oh dang! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know lots of people getting sick and stuff. It is not. a weird, uh, weird time. I've been really just trying to stay healthy. Been supplementing, drinking elderberry uh, to keep my immune system high. Mm, nice, yes, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, man, I really appreciate you on, uh, coming on the podcast, man. Uh, it's, it's great catching up. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Um, I'll tell you about, like, I do a, sh- a show, this word, this is just a Life Unraveled episode, right? Mm-hmm. But I do some Music Unraveled episodes. Oh, yeah. And oh, nice. the angle on, on the new, like, a lot of times I listen to albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the new studio, like, one of my goals is to be able to do, like, tiny desk concerts. Oh, that would be right? so awesome. So, um I currently don't have a keyboard or anything for the space, but I have everything else. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I'm going to be getting a new board and some other things. Yeah. And there's a few plans I have not to go in. I talk about it frequently on this show. So, but it, uh, we're, we're going to be able to kind of once a month, we're going to do a unique episode. Dylan Sparks is going to help me out with it. And yeah, yeah. basically like I got, you know, I'll sit down and talk with the person and then the, them or, Maybe it's a local band. Like I know these guys are all professors named Black Sabbatical. Yeah, <laughs> get, get, them, get them to play. I love that. Um, but I've had one of their members on the show, and he's I bought an art print from him. He, his wife is actually the art teacher at U of O. Oh, Her- Harrington. Neil, Neil, Neil Harrington. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm going to jam with him this week. We're going to play yeah. some music. I <laughs> bought one awesome. of his prints. That's awesome. So, yeah, he's very talented. He's su- he's such a nice guy too. Oh so, yeah, but. Uh, um, so we were just like, hey, Neil, you know, I'm on a podcast mm-hmm. with you and the guys, all of us here, and then you guys will play one of your songs afterwards. Wow, that's, that's great. That's the, that's the goal, man. Uh, 
and uh, getting I'm getting a mixer that has an interface built into it, so oh, I can sweet. have a lot of lot of options on the live recording and on just jams jams wow. jamming. You know, yeah, man, I'm I'm totally down. Well, yeah, I would love like I love love to have you come on and do something like that, or we can just sit down and talk again, man. I, I need uh, I just need repeat offenders mm-hmm. people to come collaborate like this. Uh, uh, Tuesday will be Thurman's second time on the show. All right. So, <laughs> uh, cool. Josh, it'll be Josh's third time on the show. Julie's never been on, but oh. she just moved back from San Diego. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering what she's been up to. She's- I guess, I think she just recently completed grad school, oh. but I, I'm not sure. She could have been working in California for a couple of years too. Wow. So... Yeah. Well, that's awesome. They're all, they're all coming back around. Yeah, man. It, that is, it's, it's kind of like a throwback. Uh, yeah. Getting to sit down with a lot of the old acquaintances. And so. awesome that you have this kind of a, uh, this platform to, to work it with. is, it is, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. So, um, when I get this all uploaded, man, I'll shoot you, I'll put the audio up real quick. Um, I've been scheduling my videos for like a couple of weeks out. Yeah. To, Cause I got, I've got a bad, I've been doing so many over the Christmas break. Yeah. yeah. This will be my, th- I did two episodes with Dr. Hausnick. He's like, like our <laughs> resident political science guy. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, then we talked about star Wars. <laughs> so that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. And I, I do need to go see the new one. I, I've it's, seen them pretty, uh, religiously. So. It's worth it, man. I I've, I've raised my opinion of it a couple of times after just like, seeing it a second time thinking more about it watching more star wars mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's good stuff all right man we'll uh we'll go ahead and wrap it up signing off thanks for listening everybody ben thanks again for coming on man thank you sir all right we'll see you next time all right